0: My name is Mahdi Church and welcome again to my camp. Today I would like to tell you about Menelik. Menelik was a native Eskimo who many believed to be a prophet or a messenger from the great spirit. In the early 1800s he lived by the mountains that feed the Alaskan Kobuk River later he lived by the mouth of the Amber River where he married a woman of the Noatak people. A son and a daughter were born to them and in the summer times Menilik would take his children with him as he journeyed down the Kobuk River to the coast where he traded goods with the sea going brothers. During these trips he would meet men who were leaders of their families scattered along the river. These times of trading were also a means of passing information, knowledge, and insight from one to another. In one of his predictions, Menelik told his brothers that the inland Noatuck people would migrate down to the ocean shores to the Shishlik Spit, and there they would hunt beluga whales along with the rest of their relatives. Years later, the Noatak remembered Menelik's prophecy when the Sheshelk spit became the wailing site of the Noatak people. Also, Menelik predicted that the quiet village of Amber, Alaska, someday would become a large town, reaching all the way to the base of the nearby mountains. Later, as the years went by, the high floodplain, the good hunting and fishing. The natural shelter from wind and rich veins of copper in the mountains drew Eskimo and white men alike. Today it is known worldwide for its famous red dog mines which take out not only copper but silver and gold also. All the details of Manelik's hundred year old prophecy about the growth of amber became a reality. Menelik's greatest impact didn't come from his future predictions however it came from his wonderful spiritual teachings you see the white missionary had yet to find their way up to the Eskimo through the northern trade routes but before this time before they even came Menelik had already been talking to his people about the Great Spirit the Book of Heaven and the principles by which he wishes us to live.
1: Manilaq, he was raised right here in this place of uh, Amla mouth. This is the mouth of redstone and amber And what we call the that means the mouth of a redstone. So he raised right there in this land here. He know all about this country, from beginning when he was a child. And I noticed the old places across the island over there, the old igloos, were still there. So this Manilla we understood from old people, from my Tata, like old Peter Riley and Kayak, because Eskimo name. His uncle. And my father, he always talking about this uh, manilak, He's a prophet. When they, when they knew about the prophets, when the white man came, they knew that for sure that the prophet. And this Manilah was before the white man, and he was talking about. Uh, the people will came from the south, it's white color, and he said, they bring books, they bring the books, and people will understand these books. They know About God, they knew something it's a lot of power, more than an evil way of power. And people would knew something It's real power. When they talk, when they talk from these books, thats mean now we understand that was the Bible. That's for sure and nothing about uh, witchcraft or power of uh, power of a uh, uh, devil no more nothing after he find out after they find out this power from heaven from the sky It said the devil power will be gone no more after change, people will change to the other power. That's something that's real power than the devil power. I have to understood from this book. The white people will, will talk to the Eskimos, so the Eskimos will change living. And then, that was it everything changed.
2: People, when they ever visit, who told you from where you got these words? From where did you get the idea of saying these things? And he said, Abba. Abba. He said, Abba. Abba is up there. And he's a human being. Abba, but they call him Abba because that Abba told him to say these things. He listening to up there what he have to say. And he, he give Manila words to say these things. And uh, that's why he is telling people, because that Abba up there and we don't know about God then, and people don't know about God then, and because before the missionaries came.
0: In his last days, just before Manilic died, he oftentimes predicted that someday this earth would be cleansed by a great fire. He also predicted that just before this time, God would come in a great light brighter than the northern lights. And then he would take to heaven those who listened and meditated upon him. Today, the Northwest Arctic Christian native people believe that Manelik's prophecies concerning the gathering of all nations of God's faithful and the cleansing of the earth to be the same Bible teaching of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the final restoring of the earth, where we will live in God's presence throughout eternity.
2: He said, he pointed his finger at my dad, and he said, this little boy, I mean, this little boy will be real old. Maybe, maybe after he die, people will change. In a wink or twinkle of an eye, people will become young. Old people grey haired will be young again. Young people and old people will be the same. Everybody will be young become young again. But he doubted if this boy will be alive or real pretty pretty old when this thing happened. <clears throat> then this part of his story is related to the Bible, that if Jesus come in a wink of an eye, twinkle of an eye, when Jesus come, that's how fast he gonna come. Pe- people will change. They'll be in heaven already, and they will never know it because it'll happen so so fast now nowadays This is our hope.
0: As the Great Spirit revealed to Manilic the events surrounding the second coming of Jesus, so the Book of Heaven today tells us about this greatest event that is soon to take place. It tells us why he will come, how he will come, and when he will come. Anilak knew that only God has the answers to all our questions. Chief Joseph of the great Nez Perce tribe believed the same thing. Just before he died, Chief Joseph called his sons together and he said, stay close to the book of heaven and you'll always have answers of your questions as well as answers for your needs. We too have the book of heaven today in which we can discover the great answers to the truths of the Great Spirit. There are over 1500 references that talk about the second coming of Christ. It's interesting to know that 125th of all the Bible verses refer in one way or another to the same subject. You can see it's important to God that we understand about this great event that is soon to take place. The Book of Heaven tells us that Jesus is coming to give us a kingdom. And by the way, in this wonderful world of technology, it is so neat to be able to come to you in your own living room, and yet be here at this remote campsite. But also, on the screen we can put the references, the Bible text, that you can check out for yourself as we go through our studies. According to Jesus' promises, we are to look for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness is at home it goes on to explain that the territory of Jesus is all the heavens and all the earth there are no fences and our nations will be able to be free also it tells us that in the kingdom people will love each other as they love themselves and they'll treat others as they want to be treated themselves Are we trying to live that way today in preparation for that great kingdom that the Lord has planned for us? When Jesus comes back he wishes to restore the earth the way he intended it to be in the beginning. And those who love Mother Earth will be allowed to roam freely there. He wishes to be our chief. He wishes to provide all of our needs. And you know it says that the curse of sin will be forever destroyed and there we shall live in peace together. The second coming of our friend Jesus will be the greatest event the world has ever known. It'll even be brighter than if the northern lights could be seen all around the world at one time. It'll be like the lightning that crosses the sky. Everyone will be able to see it. Like the thunder, everybody will be able to hear it and feel it. Everyone! No one will be able to say, I miss this event. The Book of Heaven reveals exactly how Jesus will come. It will be a glorious event that no one will miss. Jesus' closest friends saw and heard how he would return again over 2,000 years ago. The scripture says as they were looking up, a cloud received him out of their sight. He was carried away out of their view. And as they kept gazing intently toward heaven, as he was going away from them, two men in white clothing, angels, were standing by them, who said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing into heaven? This very Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come again in the same manner in which you have seen him going into heaven. When Jesus comes, it isn't going to be a secret thing just reserved for a few of his friends. The Book of Heaven tells us that when he comes, every eye will see him. Listen to this. Behold, he is coming in the clouds and every eye, even those who pierced him will see him, and all the tribes of the earth will beat their breasts over him. Truly so, amen. So, even those who are not his friends We'll see him. Then, it says, they hid themselves in the caves and in the mountain rocks. And they call to the mountains and the rocks, fall upon us and hide us from the presence of the one who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come. And who is able to stand? The Bible is very clear that this will not be a secret thing. The scripture explains that in the last days some will say, Behold, he's in the desert. Go not forth. Or they'll say, Behold, he's in the secret chambers. The Bible says, Believe it not. In that day, not only will every eye see Jesus come, but every ear will hear him come also even the dead will hear his call. It says, For the Lord himself shall come down from heaven with a mighty shout, and the soul-stirring cry of the archangel, and the great trumpet call of God, and the believers who are dead, will be the first to rise and to meet the Lord. Even Jesus himself describes his second coming as an awesome event. Listen to this. For the Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his father with his angels and then he will reward every man according to his deeds. What an amazing experience this will be. I want to be ready to see this. I want to be ready to hear this, don't you? And there's more good news here for you and for me. The Bible says like a father who is on a long journey enjoys picking up gifts to bring home to his children So Jesus, when he comes again, will be bringing special gifts for those who have been waiting for him. Let me tell you about these gifts. First of all, there's immortality. This means that we will never die again. The Bible tells us that at this time, God will trust us with something that he only has now. But won't it be wonderful never to have to experience death again? The other thing that the Lord gives us is a new home and a new land. True freedom. No fences, no tragedy, no drunkenness, no heartache. Won't that be a wonderful experience? I'm looking forward to seeing our friend Christ and the new things, these gifts that he has prepared to give us. Aren't you? how will we know when jesus is coming again it's like this when it comes to the end of the summer we can tell when winter is approaching the birds begin to flock together and head south the leaves begin to turn on the trees and turn brilliant colors on the tundra the wind begins to change different courses of direction the nights are cooler the mornings are later the shadows begin to get longer from the mountains and the trees. When the snow finally comes we know that winter has truly arrived. Jesus has waited a long time to give everyone a chance to accept his treaty of peace. Now when we talk about treaties we think of all the treaties that have been broken. But Jesus Made his treaty so strong that he even gave up his life to make it valid. Those who accept that treaty then look forward to his second coming. Like the signs in the weather that tell us of the coming of the new seasons, the Book of Heaven tells us of certain signs that are going to happen just before Jesus comes. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus' disciples who left their nets came to him and asked two questions. First of all, Jesus, when are you coming back? And secondly, what will be the signs of your coming? Jesus was very explicit and very plain when he said, No one knows of that day and hour, neither the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. And Jesus pointed to a tree and said, And learn a lesson from a tree as soon as her branches become tender and put out leaves you know that summer is near when you observe all these things you know that he is near even at the door he said watch out don't let anyone deceive you for many will come in my name saying I am the Savior and will deceive many the evil powers of darkness don't want you to live in that land and live in that mansion God has prepared for you. So, in the world today, there are false messengers who will even tell lies to try to deceive you. So what are these things, these signs that Jesus said would happen just before he comes? He tells us that the closer we come to his coming, the more we will see the power of darkness is doing everything it can to break us and to keep us from inheriting that beautiful land and the peace that he has promised us. That's why it is so important that we understand and read the Book of Heaven for ourselves, so we can see for ourselves, not to take my word for it or anyone else's word for it, but God's word as to what he says will happen just before he comes. Another sign of the nearness of Jesus' coming, Jesus said that we would be hated by all nations because of me due to excessive lawlessness, and that the love of many will grow cold. But also, the good news of Jesus' kingdom would be preached over all the world, as a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. Peter, the old fisherman, talked about the second coming of Jesus, saying, First of all, you should know that in the last days, scoffers will come on the scene, where they're scoffing and say, What about his promise coming? They will make fun of the second coming of Jesus. Do you know of anybody like that today? You know, God made Mother Earth for us to enjoy. For hundreds of years, our great nations that roamed the earth only took those things that were necessary for our survival and existence. But greedy men came destroying these natural resources, the rainforests, the oceans and the wildlife that God so lovingly created for us. So God's word says at the second coming of Jesus the Great Spirit will destroy those who destroy the earth. I'm sure at times you wonder like I do why has evil been allowed to exist so long? The reason is is that God's love and mercy surpasses all of man's imagination and while he may allow sin to fully reveal its ugly nature he is still giving every man and woman and child plenty of opportunity to accept his treaty of peace. This treaty of peace signed by Jesus own blood at the cross of Calvary is a salvation from eternal death offered for us freely if we'll just accept it. But God will not excuse our sin nor those who break his commandments There will be no worse agony than to have missed heaven when we realize that we had every opportunity to inherit and prepare for it. This study on the second coming of Jesus is so important. You see the fact is when Jesus comes again there are only going to be two groups of people. It makes no difference what church you belong to or what nation you're from there are only going to be two groups of people. The first group are those who will look up and say, lo, this is our God, we have waited for him, and he will save us. The second group, and the greatest number, are those who will look to the mountains and cry for the rocks to fall upon them and say, hide us from him who sits upon the throne. You see, there's only two groups of people, those who are prepared and are waiting, and those are not. I want to be amongst those who are prepared, don't you? You say, how do I prepare for the second coming of Jesus? The Bible explains it this way. First of all, we are to accept the Treaty of Peace, a treaty signed by Jesus' own blood. You see, he won the victory over evil while he was upon this earth, and he offers this victory to you and to me. This is why the Bible says God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Secondly, the Scripture says we need to prepare as citizens of that new land. It goes this way, Blessed are they that do His commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For you say, I'm too weak, I can't keep God's commandments and do what he says. Well, we all are. Only as we allow the Lord to come into our lives and to lead us day by day are we changed and prepared to meet him when he comes. The question is, are we allowing the Lord to lead us and to prepare us for that great day? Is this something that you would like to do? I pray this study has been a blessing to you. I hope you'll join me at my next campsite when we talk about the signs of Christ coming. Until then, let only the good spirit guide you.